This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Munro. What is confidence? Today I will attempt to describe confidence in a new way that clearly shows you how to build your self-worth no matter who you are or what troubles might be happening in your life. I'll start by reviewing the standard guidance from various schools of psychology and philosophy on how to build confidence, and I'll separate the parts that are helpful from the parts that may actually harm your self-worth. Prepare to feel resistant. I'll be challenging some of the things you've been pressured to pursue all of your life, because they may be pointless and harmful to chase. For example, happiness, approval, success. We will try to identify elements of self-confidence that you can actually control, so you can know where to focus your efforts. We will also acknowledge the elements of confidence that are a waste of time to work on, because they are too difficult to control. For example, trying to prevent negative thoughts from occurring. Let's look at the current definition of confidence. I found that many researchers believe self-esteem is consistent over time, implying that there is little you can do to change it, like a personality trait. Yet we all know someone who was at one level of confidence in the past and is now clearly another. I'll be writing this post with the firm belief that confidence can be increased, not just temporarily, but permanently. Let's start with the first definition of confidence. Confidence as thoughts and feelings. Psychologist Albert Bandura's definition is representative of dictionary definitions and Wikipedia, so it's fair to say his is the most commonly accepted meaning of self-confidence. He puts it like this, Confidence is a belief in one's ability to succeed in specific situations or accomplish a task. Confidence is seen by many as a present, in other words temporary, feeling of efficacy, a sense of certainty that you'll do a task well. This is represented by positive thoughts and emotions, such as motivation, certainty, bravery, and most importantly, happiness, according to the advocates of positive psychology. This implies that confidence requires an absence of negative thoughts and feelings, such as self-doubt, confusion, and fear. Neuroscience also essentially describes confidence as good feelings, created by chemicals flowing through your central nervous system. Confidence is high levels of serotonin and some dopamine, combined with low levels of cortisol and adrenaline, which is stress and fear. Again, the emphasis is on a temporary present emotional state. In other words, confidence is about having high serotonin levels right now. Building confidence is about trying to manage certain neurochemicals, for example using exercise or antidepressants. Some philosophy schools, like Buddhism, also define confidence or self-worth as present thoughts and emotions, and they focus on the process of detaching from painful feelings to reduce any impact on your current level of confidence. And many modern self-help companies and gurus also suggest that building confidence is about learning to control your thoughts and emotions, or state, through various processes, like visualization or pumping yourself up physically, for example, Tony Robbins. The second definition, confidence as success, so skills and achievement. Others define self-confidence as being an internal sensation caused primarily by achievements. Confidence is seen as the rewarding feeling that occurs when you are skilled, capable, and likely to consistently succeed. You earn confidence through mastery. 
as Robert Kiyosaki, property uh, investor and author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, says, confidence comes from discipline and training. Philosophies like Stoicism and Epicureanism focus on mastery of behavior. Stoics claim there are four virtues we should all live by, and all Stoic definitions of a good life or being a good person are about taking action to master these virtues. To be confident means to become consistently good at behaving virtuously. Some psychologists focused almost entirely on behavioral modification, like Albert Bandura, who created a four-step confidence-building process that focuses mostly on actions, mastery experiences, vicarious learning, modeling behavior, and social persuasion. And you'll notice we use this definition of confidence often in our daily lives, particularly when we believe someone else to be skilled and reliably, reliably successful. We'd say we have confidence in them. Now let's look at the problems with these current definitions. Unfortunately, these definitions of confidence leave no room for certain natural human processes, like regret, low mood, failure, uncertainty, negative thoughts, grief, worry about the future, and rejection from others. And because at least some of these painful states will occur to every human at some point during the average week, these definitions mean it is impossible for the average human to be confident for lengthy periods of time without lapse. What if you're naturally pessimistic as a personality, hardwired to focus on the downside of things? Or what if grief, illness, or catastrophe overwhelm your focus and reduce your certainty about the future? Is it really impossible to also be confident in yourself if you're one of these people? I don't see evidence to prove that negative thoughts and feelings negate the possibility for consistently high self-confidence, particularly as I know myself to have high self-worth, and yet I still occasionally experience painful thoughts and emotions. Furthermore, belief in oneself does not guarantee high self-worth. Arrogant and narcissistic people might believe in themselves strongly, and yet still be riddled with obvious insecurities. For example, Donald Trump. So we can clearly see that thoughts and emotions are mostly governed outside of our conscious control. So trying to control these processes is an incredibly impractical method for building confidence. But what about skills? While behavior is arguably easier to control than thoughts and feelings, being good at something or generally successful still does not guarantee high self-worth. Look at how many great musicians commit suicide before the age of 30, despite being talented, rich, and famous. Each of us will remember a time where we, felt, where we briefly felt confident because we were good at something. There's no denying that. But does the confident feeling remain if we stop being good at it? If I'm confident in myself because I'm a good dancer, what happens when I break my leg and get a permanent injury? What if all the other dancers simply become better than me as I get older? I don't want my lowest point of confidence to come at the end of my life. Even if you were to develop a large range of skills providing cover for a range of potential mishaps, you could still always end up quadriplegic from a car accident. How would you maintain confidence then? Confidence should not be so easily disrupted. We should not have to rely on continued success and happiness to be confident because these are largely outside of our control. Sure, we can work hard and often feel good, but too many unpredictable outside forces can swoop in and destroy these at any time. Practical confidence should increase over time regardless of feelings or achievements. 
Let's look at practical psychology. So far, these current definitions of confidence are too fragile because they rely on those uncontrollable factors and will be destroyed by bad luck or significant changes. Someone trying to live by these is doomed to fail eventually. However, there's some helpful information in there we can use. We can see that confidence is an emotional response to your own behavior, a feeling of certainty in yourself that can be created by the individual. We can see that having some form of mastery is important, provided it contributes to confidence without being reliant on it, or vice versa. We're seeing some clues about what works, at least. During my research, two fields of psychology immediately came to the forefront where self-confidence is prioritized and is seen as both an inner mindset and a set of behaviors while remaining detached from uncontrollable factors. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, or CBT, focuses on a range of interventions for both your mind and your behavioral habits. There is a cognitive training to manage your thinking and emotional processes, and then there is systematic exposure to fear and problem-solving actions. CBT is also commonly considered to be a therapeutic adaptation of the Stoicism philosophy. Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, or ACT, provides a model of six core principles that focus on both mind and behavior. Like CBT, there are elements of mindfulness and management of thought, combined with valued living, or acting with integrity, which we'll explain later. From these fields of psychology, a better definition of confidence starts to emerge, involving management of your thought processes and behavior to help you build self-worth as much as humanly possible. Instead of trying to control chaotic factors like your mood or external results, you learn how to manage your reaction to uncontrollable and inevitable challenges. We will use this more helpful definition as a foundation for building a new version of confidence that is practical, realistic, and applicable by any person in any situation. Which brings us to the confidence test. Before we can define a helpful new version of confidence, we must first clearly identify what confidence cannot be if you are to be able to maintain and build it no matter who you are or what life you have. To build a new version of confidence, it must be able to hold up to the challenges where the others fail. It must survive a confidence test, one that manages your mental and behavioral reactions to life, but does not require control over happiness, certainty, success, or approval. So, unbreakable confidence does not mean happiness. We only become aware of thoughts and emotions after they've already occurred. We are not conscious agents in their creation. These processes are too temperamental, too easy to lose control of, too easily swayed by internal and external factors beyond your control. You will definitely experience negative thoughts and painful emotions, at least occasionally, so confidence must be able to survive dips in happiness. So confident while unhappy. You must be able to think and feel anything and yet still feel confident in who you are at a deeper level. For example, when you're stressed about your workload, or during the grieving process. Unbreakable confidence does not mean certainty. Given enough time, you will face a situation where you're uncertain. The only way to avoid uncertainty is to hide away from change, challenge, and growth. This would leave you woefully behind as everything always evolves, with or without you. For example, imagine where technology will be in 20 years. Regular exposure to uncertainty stops you 
becoming fragile around unexpected and confusing situations. Confidence must allow for uncertainty. So confident while uncertain, you must be able to experience self-worth while having no idea what you're doing. For example, while anxious, showing up to a dance class by yourself, or during a car accident. Unbreakable confidence does not mean success. Nobody has ever had a 100% success rate, ever. Yesterday's success is today's normal because expectations always reset based on achievement. It's only a matter of time before you fail to be better than you were yesterday. And you can't control your competition, your health and many other factors in success. You will be beaten one day, so confidence must be unaffected by failure and loss. So confident while unsuccessful. You must be resilient to failure and anti-fragile. Confidence cannot be damaged by losing. For example, getting rejected for a date or going through a bankruptcy process. You must be able to be confident while limited. You must be able to build confidence in any situation no matter how limited your choices are. For example, being broke or being in prison. Unbreakable confidence cannot mean validation, power and approval. These are all too easily removed. A model of confidence that's resilient and self-created cannot be left in the hands of others. The crowd is fickle. You can influence people, but they will always be able to suddenly hate you at any time, and no one can permanently control everyone. Even Martin Luther King was assassinated. So you must be able to be confident while unloved. Confidence must survive a complete lack of approval and validation from others. For example, getting dumped, or moving to a new city with no friends. Confident while powerless. Not being able to control or influence the outside world the way you want to should not reduce your confidence. Epictetus was a well-known Stoic leader. We can assume he had high self-confidence, yet for most of his life he was also a slave. I doubt there's any level of confidence that's 100% immune to pain, confusion, failure and rejection, but we can at least speculate how a highly confident person can survive these inevitable setbacks, with their self-worth remaining intact and even building more confidence from these events. So the question becomes, what can you control that would create confidence in all of these situations? The answer to that question is the answer to building unbreakable self-confidence. Confidence, the new version. The world will always be challenging and impossible to completely control. Therefore, confidence is about managing your reaction to life more than anything else. Confidence must remain relatively unaffected by external factors, as much as humanly possible. It must grow with any experience, good or bad. External factors matter. We must give thoughts, mood, results and approval from others credit for at least a 30% influence on your confidence, just to be safe. So let's focus on the 70% control factor. And what do we have control over? How we react to that other 30% of life. Confidence, therefore, becomes more about learning to manage how you see the world, your perspective and frame, and how you translate the internal and external things that occur into helpful decisions on how you will react. Self-worthiness. Confidence must become a way of living that builds a view of yourself that is resilient to hardship, negative thoughts and feelings, unexpected loss, painful surprises, rejection, disapproval and failures. 
Self-worth will come from creating a narrative that you take pride in consistently. A story about how you reacted to life. A story you're proud of. It must be a truthful story, created and evidenced by integral actions. You cannot bullshit yourself into believing you're a good person. The story, If the story is impressive, you will not want to trade being you for any other person, even in hard times and painful situations. This gives us a clear measurement. If you think that being you is better than being anyone else, no matter how well your life is going, then you're confident. Confidence means that no matter how tough things get for you, you're committed to being you and you want to see you through the challenge of life. Your reactions have become so meaningful that you as a person you want to be, regardless of failures, upsets and disapproval from others. This version of you will make the most of any situation, and there is essentially nothing wrong with you because you always turns any situation to something that you benefit from. These are the skills and ability you really need to develop. Let's look at Brojo's definition of confidence. When we pull all of these thoughts together, we can design a new version of self-confidence that encourages the right mindset and behavior to increase and maintain self-worth over time, regardless of your situation. Here it is. Confidence is the feeling of faith in yourself that grows as a result of consistent evidence that you consciously behave in a way you're proud of, regardless of results, feelings, or approval from others. In Brojo terms, building confidence means creating integrity through consistently living by your values. Luckily for you, the Brojo community has already been exploring and refining this version of confidence for many years, so we can skip straight into practical application. We have figured out that to ensure the actions you take are something you'll be proud of, they must align with your core values. In other words, you must be doing things for the right reasons, and you must give yourself credit for doing them. Next, we'll talk about the two main factors to consider when building confidence, your mind and behavior. And then we'll go into the simple three-step process that makes this new version of confidence practically applicable in anyone's life. Part 1. Your mind, the internal process.